Welcome to Mrs. Flick's Picks, where busy moms can find the best books for their kids. Join me in my mission to cultivate children's moral imagination through good stories, beautifully written. Hello and welcome back to Mrs. Flick's Picks. I'm Carrie Flick, and I am so happy you are here with me today. So for this particular episode, I'm actually not going to talk about any kids' books at all. I'd like to talk to just you moms listening, and today's books are all for the moms. Now that might excite some of you, and I'm guessing others are about to hit the pause button, but wait, before you do that, just hear me out now. Wait. I really believe that it is vital for us moms to be reading good books too. And there's lots of worthy reasons I could list, right? I could say your children need to see you modeling reading so they become interested in it. Or maybe I could give you a soundbite of practice what you preach. But really, I think moms need to read good stories because of the vegetables principle. Yep. I just made that up. Essentially, the vegetables principle states that veggies are good, healthy, nurturing food for all people. Boys, girls, men, women, toddlers, and old folks. You may not like vegetables, but the vegetables principle states that if you're human, you should be eating them. Our bodies just thrive better when we eat our veggies. Now let's get back to books. When we read to our kids or introduce them to good books, the goal is not to expand their vocabulary or fill them with facts or increase their attention span. If those things were the goals, then each child would eventually reach a point in their education where we could say, okay, mission accomplished. Education complete. But the real goal of reading is to feed their souls. A child's imagination will starve without stories. And moms, yours will too. I know, I know, I can hear you. You're thinking, Carrie, why on earth would I need an imagination? I need sleep. Sleep, Carrie, not stories. But imagination is what allows us to truly rest. We rest when we revel in God's beauty. We rest when we find wonder in creation. We rest when we use our gifts and efforts to turn a house into a home. We rest when we rise above the to-do lists and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and baseball schedules and see our mission of motherhood from the 5,000-foot level, loving and training young souls to love and serve their maker. Could I humbly submit to you that scrolling through Facebook and Instagram isn't real rest? That kind of thing is mind-numbing, not restful. But engaging your mind in a good story Trying to expand your vision of life and catch more of what could be possible will help you to come back to those carpools and piles of laundry with a renewed sense of beauty. 
Eat your veggies. Read the books. Feed your soul. And I think today's picks are a great place to start feasting. Okay, before I get into today's picks, let me just first make something really clear. If you are not prioritizing reading your Bible every day, you need to pause this podcast and come back once you've done that. I can't tell you to go feed your soul on Jane Austen if you're not first feeding off the Word of God. Okay, there's, there's no literature that's going to take the place of that. So please, don't hear uh, that. I'm not saying it. Okay, first up is a novel called Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry. The plot is essentially the life story of a woman named Hannah who lives in the small town of Port William, Kentucky. The era covers 1940 through 2001. There's not really a lot of interesting storyline detail to share with you. It's not a plot-driven novel. Hannah is just a normal uh, middle-class or lower-middle-class woman who marries twice and is widowed twice. She lives a quiet normal life on a farm and raises children and crops and cattle. The book is not significant for its plot, but rather for its thought. When the novel opens, Hannah is an old woman, and she's remembering her life. But more than reliving the scenes of grief and childbirth, marriage and loss, she's thinking through them. She contemplates what it means to have true community. She ruminates on womanhood and sisterhood and all the little details that go into what she calls humanizing a place. She thinks through themes of kindness and its role in marriage. She works through her grief, which is now at a removed distance from her, and she ponders the lifelong effects of it. And her hindsight is considerable concerning motherhood and family. All of these themes Hannah ponders are ones that each of us must eventually face ourselves, and her thoughts are so beautifully recorded that I think it would behoove us to read them. She is a Christian, and most of her thoughts wind their way back to God eventually, regardless of the theme or the particular episode she is currently reliving. The author, Wendell Berry, is an essayist, a novelist, and a poet. His work is significantly concerned with agrarian themes, farm life, land usage, rural living versus towns versus cities. His prose is really and truly beautiful. It, it's very poetic sounding, and this novel is no different. It's not an easy book, per se. This is not one to take to the beach and zone out while reading. But I promise the effort will be so worth it in the long run. After reading through Hannah's life, I think you'll begin to see yours in a different light. Okay, moving on. There is no way I could do a podcast for grown women and not recommend Jane Austen. She is hands down one of the greatest novelists of all time. And even though she herself never married or had any children, she was a brilliant observer of people. Her razor-sharp wit and clever humor addresses all sorts of human nature traits, both individually 
in her characters, and collectively in society. Her work that I'll recommend to you today is Persuasion. The heroine of Persuasion is Anne Elliot, a not-so-young, unmarried daughter of a vain and nearly bankrupt member of the nobility. Anne's mother has been dead many years, and Anne has tried to fill her mother's shoes by managing the household servants and helping her silly father make wise financial decisions, much to his disgust and dismay. Although Anne was once a rather pretty young woman, she has lost her youthful bloom and is now rather plain, both in her face and her fashion, which is also to the disgust and dismay of her father. In her younger days, Anne was courted by an honorable and sincere young man named Frederick Wentworth. Although Anne loved him deeply, she refused his offer of marriage based on the well-meant advice of Anne's mentor and godmother figure, who deemed Frederick to be unworthy of Anne. He had no title and very little money. Now, for the first time in many, many years, Anne finds herself suddenly mixing in Frederick's social circles once again, and now he is a distinguished and very wealthy captain in the Navy. But Frederick is, at best, politely cold towards her, and Anne is filled with remorse over her actions and what life she may have led. I chose this particular novel of Austen's for you moms because Anne is everyone's forgettable support. Everyone in the family uses and abuses Anne for her willingness to sacrifice her own preferences and comforts for the service of others. Everyone dumps their own private woes and tales of mistreatment on Anne, but no one inquires about her own troubles. Everyone recommends Anne for every unglamorous or tedious job, knowing that she'll do a good job of it, but no one asks to see how she feels about it. She is a woman who pours herself out every day, and often on quite undeserving people. But her faithfulness reaps its own reward in time. And that is all I will say about that. If you find yourself really anxious or overwhelmed at the thought of reading anything of Austin's, just dive into it. It will take you about three chapters to get the hang of her language and vocabulary, just like it takes some time to adjust to a Scottish person's accent. But give it some time, and your reading ear will get used to it. And finally, I have for you A Lantern in Her Hand by Bess Streeter Aldridge. Now, I was actually torn on this one because I've already picked Hannah Coulter. And these two books do have a lot of the same themes, although they're entirely different in their style and perspective. But I do strongly believe that you should read them both. A Lantern in Her Hand chronicles the life of Abby Mackenzie as she and her husband Will set out to make a life for themselves in what is then the unsettled Nebraska Territory. They are true pioneers. And Abby's early life makes Ma Ingalls look like luxury living. She and Will work their land for years before finally turning a profit on their crops. And they suffer through everything from blizzards to locusts to child deaths to tornadoes. I know, this sounds like a real winner, right? 
<laughs> I promise you, it really is beautiful and, and lovely and has a, a wonderful ending. Um, Abby starts off marriage with a hope chest full of dreams to become a famous singer, a painter. She wants to be a pianist, a writer. But one by one, she chooses to pass those dreams on to her children and she makes the sacrifices in her life so their dreams can become reality. This novel is much more keenly focused on motherhood and grandmotherhood. And I will say that that's one significant difference between Lantern in Her Hand and Hannah Coulter. Abby's story is largely concerned with the land and homesteading, but that only serves the greater purpose of raising her family and helping to bring civilization to her rural Nebraska territory. Abby and her husband aren't interested in country living for its own sake. They want to bring in the railroads, the schools, the county fairs, the community play productions. They see civilization and culture as a good thing, a thing that they are building for their children's and children's children's sake. It's a lovely story about the generations of a family and how one woman's legacy can impact so many others. This is the shorter and more accessible book of the three, but again, I think you'd really enjoy and benefit from eventually reading them all. And that wraps up this week's picks. Thank you so much for joining me, and until next time, happy reading.